This is the Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors Podcast, sponsored by Bemidji State University and Northwest Technical College. The Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors Podcast is also sponsored by Visit Bemidji and Grant Haven Campground. Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors covers the lakes, woods, trails, wildlife, and anything else going on outdoors in Paul Bunyan's Playground. But first, if you love the outdoors and are looking for ways to align your education with future employment in the trades, Northwest Technical College in Bemidji is for you. Explore state-of-the-art technical education in six career paths, automotive, building trades, business, health, child care, and manufacturing technology, all in the heart of Minnesota's Northwoods, surrounded by more than 400 lakes and, of course, limitless forests. The shortest path to your dream job and a good bite is at NTC, Bemidji's Technical College. Learn more today. Visit ntcmn.edu. Today on the big show, we check in with Kevin Cochran of Kevin Cochran's Muskie Guide Service. He's not guiding muskies at the moment because he's up in Alaska. So we talk salmon as well as muskies. Plus, his second shot at a fast by. All coming up. I won't ever understand my shorties be mad when all I want to do is stick my toes in the sand. There's nothing wrong with champagne, dancing and such, but the nightlife in the city don't impress me much. F-I-S-H-I-I-N, fishing. F-I-S-H-I-I-N, fishing. I don't feel right in the club, I'd rather be out. Sitting in my 14-footer, catching some trout. The fishes all tremble at the thought of me. When I'm F-I-S-H-I-I-N, Paul Bunyan Country. Hi, I'm Dick Beardsley with Dick Beardsley Fishing Guide Service. I'd like to invite you to drop a line in one of the 400 lakes in the Bemidji area. We have 160 miles of biking trails, forest trails, campsites. You can even get your picture with Paul Bunyan and Babe is Blue Ox. And when your adventures are done, we have some of the best eateries that Minnesota has to offer. Plus, much, much more. And don't forget to check us out at the Minnesota State Fair in the Education Building. Bemidji, one step further. This is Mandy Yerk, and you're listening to Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors. Well, we're checking in with Kevin Cochran of Kevin Cochran's Muskie Guide Service, which we will talk a lot about in just a few minutes. But Kevin and crew are up in Alaska right now, so I'm assuming, Kevin, if you're fishing, it's not muskies at the moment. Uh, no, we're, uh, we're actually fishing for salmon. Uh, we were uh, fishing for salmon on the Kenai a while ago. And uh, the day before I got there, I think there's 189,000 fish that swam in. That was counted on the counter, and and yeah, fishing was really good. So there was, you know, just like anything, there were periods of inactivity, and then like periods of just absolutely smashing the fish. But uh, but yeah, it was. Uh, we're salmon fishing, doing a little bit of that, and my in-laws live up here, so we're spending time with them as well. All right, there's a. It's a truly unique place, Alaska. It is. It is. Yeah. And it's a nice place to escape the uh, the warm weather that. that you know, we typically get some pretty hot weather the last 10 days of July into the first part of August, and it's a nice place to, to visit. So are you standing in the uh, river in, in waders catching? Are you in a boat? How are you going after the, uh, the salmon? Yeah, you know, you're just standing in, in waders on the, the side of the, the Kenai, and you're, you're casting, um, essentially you're casting a, uh, uh, a hook, with a PC yarn through it and a three ounce weight, and you're uh, you're catching a fish doing that. But um, 
you know, obviously if they're snagged, then you got to throw them back. And I mean, it's just, it's a different kind of fishing. It's definitely a uh, very combat, <laughs> combat-ish. <laughs> it, it's, you know, you're standing five feet from the, the person the left of you, and then you have another person five feet on the right of you. And yeah, it's definitely different. And I, I, uh, I mean, it's, it's something that is kind of fun to do, but uh, I, I would really just pull my hair out if I had to, to do that every day in my life. <laughs> you know, as a business, as a business, it'd be horrible. So okay. that's why I think a lot of the guides up here, they have, they have boats and then they just, you know, travel down on the Kenai and they look for areas where there's nobody standing on the, the shoreline and the fish tend to uh to run up the sides of the shoreline and that's that area of less resistance so i mean they're in a few feet of water and a lot of times you'll you'll feel them bouncing off your legs so it's kind of cool but um you know it's definitely a much more crowded than what i'm used to but uh but that's okay so i know that a lot of the guides slide into the uh into the ocean and, and do some ocean fishing have you ever done that with them um i i not since I've been married, but okay. uh, but I have before. Yeah, I've done halibut fishing on a boat, and and um, yeah, in the future for sure we're gonna we're gonna do some of that. This is about the only place and the only time that you actually fish for food. <laughs> it is. It's it's. You know, my wife kind of got me into it, but it, it is really the only the only time I ever fish for something other than muskies. Well, prior to getting uh, up there, you were, I'm sure, out on the water uh, guiding a lot of people in muskies. How has the muskie season been for you so far, Kevin? Muskie fishing's been really good, um, you know, and, and big fish. A lot of a lot of like four footers to fifty inch fish, um, and our our size average. I think the entire month of June, our smallest fish was forty two inches, and um, you know, and then the next. Uh, there was one day actually we, we got uh, three three from like forty two to forty two and a half, but excluding that day, I think the entire month of June, the next the next fish was forty five inches. So I, as far as size structure, I think the fish the fish are definitely running bigger for whatever reason this year, and kind of bounce that off of uh, some of my friends in the area too, and they've seen the same thing. Uh, the open water bite was really good in June. Uh, and then fish started showing up on structure a few weeks ago. Um, I'd say maybe, maybe right around the 10th of July is when we started fishing structure, like almost exclusively. And, and it's been good. You know, it's, you would see them push out sometimes during the day off the structure and then, uh, low light periods, they'd, they'd go back and they'd, they'd be in the weeds and on the shallow sand and, and, and those types of things. But, um, but overall, the fishing has been really consistent. It's been good. You know, there have been a few a few times where there were a few days where we didn't catch fish, you know, two or three days in a row. And we had our opportunities, but unfortunately, they just didn't make it to the net. Um, you know, and, and from what I hear currently, the water temps are pretty good. Um, and, you know, the last two years previously, the, the water temps were really hot. So, um, and that makes fishing difficult. It also makes uh, the survivability of the fish, um, you know, pretty tough as well. So, but this year it's great from what I, what I understand. I think we're like 75, 76 right now. And, 
the cooler nights have helped push the water temps down. And, you know, and like I said, you're seeing a lot of fish up shallow during the, during low light conditions. And typically they push off, uh, during the heat of the day, like from that, like 9 a.m. to 3 or 4 p.m. Well, we've had way more rain than we did last year, and that's made the water, you know, definitely the, the water depths are a lot better, uh, for all, overall better than, than they were last year. But what does that mean for musky fishing, if anything? You know, it, it really doesn't mean much. It, it means that, like, the landings are great, um, <laughs> and the fish, <laughs> the fish may slide up in a little shallower water. Um, you know, and lakes have definitely been dirtier this year from all the rain, which is good. I like, I like fishing dirty water. Um, you know, it is, and then it's also, it's, it's kept the, uh, the water temps down as well. So it's, it's a good thing. And I mean, I, I think, gosh, I don't remember if it was maybe 2012 or 10 or 11 or 12, something like that, but we had a lot of rain, um, one of those years and there's a cabin on, well, a, a small cabin on cabin point on Plantagenet that was pretty much underwater. And I, I remember that year specifically and it, um, there was a aquatic vegetation and like, like sand grass and pondweed and all sorts of stuff that I've never seen before. Um, you know, that was, that was like flourishing and, and that was even in some areas that, that I've never seen before. Um, so I do think with the additional rain, uh, you're going to have more aquatic vegetation, which is great for the muskies. He's Kevin Cochran. I'm Kev Jackson, and we have a lot more muskie talk coming up next. I'm Jason Durham, the smarter and better-looking Jason, and this is Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors. This is the Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors podcast, sponsored in part by Bumaji State University. You can pursue your passions with a world-class education in the heart of Minnesota's Northwoods. The drive to acquire deeper knowledge and develop greater wisdom is already in your nature. So join us on the shores of Lake Bemidji. Minnesota's premier Northwoods University can help you make the world a better place than you found it. Learn more at BemidjiState.edu and schedule a tour today. BemidjiState.edu Hi, this is Nate Blazing with the Missile Guide League, and you're listening to Paul Bunyan Country Outdoor. Kevin Cochran of Kevin Cochran's Muskie Guide Service, my guest today, and he is catching muskies when he's in Minnesota. Currently, of course, he's in Alaska. But Kevin, the guys I've talked to in other areas, they are seeing plenty of muskies. They can't get them to bite, or they're very, they're very uh, shy about biting. Other than a couple of days, it sounds like you haven't had that issue. Are you just that much better, or what's your secret? Oh, no. no. <laughs> I'm not that much better. Uh, you know, I put in the time, obviously, and there's, there's a ton of lakes that I fish, so I'm not, I'm not handcuffed to one, to one lake. Um, a lot of guys around this area that are good and consistent, you know, they fish really specific lakes during specific conditions. So I can tell you... You know, for example, let's, let's take Cass Lake. Um, you know, I'm not going to fish that lake if, if there's no wind and no clouds and super sunny and, you know, it, it, conditions dictate, definitely dictate where I'm going to go. So, um, you know, in that specific instance, I'm going to look for dirty water and I might fish that dirty water. I'm going to look for aquatic vegetation on a little bit deeper. I'm going to look for brake lines. I'm going to fish deeper during those type of conditions on dirtier water. But, 
Um, you know, I, I, and I think consistency is it all center centers around your adaptability. If you can adapt the situation and not do the same thing on the same exact lake all the time, I mean, you're going to catch fish. So, you know, we're blessed, um, because we have so many musky lakes within an hour's drive. So I think taking that into consideration, you just have to adapt and, um, you have to adapt to uh, the conditions that you're presented with. So that's, I mean, that's, and, and, and I'm not always consistent. Sometimes obviously I'm, I, I make, um, judgment calls that, um, that historically have proven to be great bites, but for whatever reason, the fish just don't bite. So it, you know, there's, there's definitely, uh, adaptability that has to take place to put fish in the boat. The lake I've heard the most about this year, and, and maybe it's just coincidence the people I've been talking to have been on that lake, or maybe it's a better year for it. I've heard more about Plantagenet this year than I have uh, typically in other years. Yeah, you've heard about it because everybody fishes it. <laughs> so <laughs> I, that, that lake, it, it just it's not it's not my thing. It's too little. It's granted it's got big fish, but um, I just I. Really, I just can't wrap my head around fishing a 2,500-acre lake for more than four hours. Um, <laughs> you know, and, and and I fished, don't get me wrong, like 20 years ago I fished it. I think there was one year where we caught over 100 fish out of just that lake, and um, it, it was a lot of fun. And I loved it. Tons of big fish. They're super easy to catch. But, you know, now if you put four boats on that lake, you know, there's not a lot of elbow room. So, um, you know, but if you put, like you said, you heard about it. So there's a lot of people fishing it. Um, so you, probably what you're not hearing are, are the people that are coming home and talking about like getting cut off and having three other boats in the same spot and not catching fish. Right. So, um, great lake, awesome population of fish. Um, it's got a great open water bite, has like a solid casting bite around peak times, but you know, it's it's a it's a place to go if you have a smaller boat and they they can't fish the bigger lakes. So um so yeah. Okay. When uh when you've been out on cast this year, I mean one of the things everybody's noticing on cast is the water is getting clearer and clearer thanks to zebra mussels. Are you noticing that too and how much does that affect muskies? Oh yeah, I mean it's it it's a huge. It, you know, I, I fish that lake during low light periods, and that's that's pretty much it. I I I have issues um, catching fish out there typically that that afternoon bite with no wind, no clouds. You know, it's no. There's also no aquatic vegetation, so it's it's definitely a really hard lake to fish. Um, you know, I put the the odds in my favor, and and I fish it during peak times. And then also I fish it during uh, overcast conditions, obviously, and uh, moon phases and all that. But um, it's a you know it's a fishery that's that the fish are still there. I fish I fish a lot deeper than a lot of people would, um, as far as just just casting like casting open water. That's always that's always uh, been one of my go tos out there. Um, you know, and, and I want to emphasize casting open water doesn't necessarily mean that you're letting your bait drop 30 or 40 feet too. So that's, that can be a, um, an issue too with releasing fish. 
But, uh, but yeah, Cass is, Cass is great. You know, I spend, as you know, I spend a lot of my time out there catching fish and, and it's, it's a lot of fun. You know, I know uh, with with Cass being much closer to home for you, and you know Plant Anginette and several other lakes, I know you don't get over to Leech a lot. Uh, I'm imagining you talk to people over there occasionally. What are you hearing on Leech this year? Uh, you know, I, I I heard from a few of the guys that the fish just they're they're starting the transition to that shallow water right now, but they haven't made their way um, to that that shallow water uh, yet. There's still a lot of fish out over over open water um, currently, and, and guys are catching fish trolling and, and targeting fish that way. Um, you know, in, in my opinion, like trolling, trolling uh, when the water temps are what they are is, is pretty sketchy. And I know people were posting a couple weeks ago about catching fish, you know, trolling open water, and I'm like, I, and I just, you know, I, I really, I, I've got, I kind of have an issue with that. I mean, if you're, if you're dealing with water temps that are 75, 77 degrees and you're trolling open water, you're going to have fish that are, are going to die on you. Like, mm-hmm. like there's no exception. It's, that is what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it, you know, honestly, if I, if Fisher, I, I would just, I would, if I was fishing Leech Lake itself, I would be concentrating on, uh, fish that are making that transition into that shallow water, maybe focusing on break lines uh, with plastics, and then maybe even you know overcast conditions sliding up pretty shallow because those fish will too. Okay, now I, uh, I I don't remember if we talked about this last time we chatted, but I mean, there's always new stuff, new gear. Uh, I don't know how much you're into new gear or how much you've been trying new gear, but is there anything out there you've been trying you like right now? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I use like 10 foot rods, which, which is kind of, I guess the cutting edge the last few years. Uh, and I, and I have a wide assortment of pan optics and live scopes and, uh, um, also side imaging transducers in my boat. So I, you know, it, it's, it's been, my boat's, uh, built up for, for finding fish. Um, so yeah, it's, I do. I do dabble with uh, electronics, and I'm pretty well versed in in discussing those things and, and using them. The now controversial topic of electronics and musky fishing. Kevin Cochran of Kevin Cochran's Musky Guide Service, my guest, will tackle more of that subject next. Hey, I'm Jason Rylander, the Jason that can grow a beard like a grown-up, and this is fishing Paul Bunyan country. When planning your trip up north, plan to park your RV or camper at the spacious Grand Haven RV Campground in Bemidji. You'll be in the perfect area to ride ATV, fish, hunt, and hike. With free parking for your boats and trailers and located just off Highway 2 west of Bemidji, Grand Haven Campground is the center point for your next Northland adventure. Fish hundreds of surrounding lakes and cruising the miles and miles of the ATV trails northern Minnesota has to offer. Visit GrandHavenCampground.com and book your stay today. I'm Will Pampoos and Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors because Pat Jackson needs all the help he can get. One more segment with Kevin Cochran of Kevin Cochran's Muskie Guide Service. And Kevin? The underwater cameras have been all the rage, and they're just getting more and more incredible. Uh, it almost seems like cheating, and yet uh, the fish still seem to win occasionally. 
They do. And, and, I, and, I, and I think it's a really controversial subject, uh, specifically looking at not necessarily the cameras, but like live scopes and pan optics and that sort of thing. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, if, yeah, if, uh, if you're driving around and all day you're spending eight to ten hours driving your boat and only making a handful of casts, uh, you know, I, I don't really feel like that is that is truly what musky fishing is, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I I don't I don't I don't fish like that. Um, and uh, there are some guys that do it. Um, so then, the, my friends and I have have really been getting into debates regarding the subject. Um, but. Uh, I mean, luckily the fish are pretty smart and I think eventually what you're going to see is, uh, like you alluded to, there's going to be more fish winning. Um, they're going to, they're going to adapt like they always do. They're going to maybe feel that ping of the transducer, feel that, that jolt. And then they're just going to bounce. They're not, they're not going to, they're going to, they're going to, you know, they're going to act like, um, like, like pressured fish will. Uh, so, so, yeah, I think that that's, that's eventually coming down the road. I think fish are going to be winning. And and this may seem even kind of crazy, but sometimes if I know, if I've marked fish on a specific spot, I know they're there, I'll only, I'll shut off all my transducers. <clears throat> it doesn't mean that I'm, I'm shutting off my, my units, but I'll, but I'll kill all power to my transducers. So, and I'll put my anchor down my, uh, my power pole and, and we'll cast it fish. Um, so I'll, I'll just be u- utilizing my GPS units. Okay. So that's something to think about too. Um, trying to get away from, from emitting any kind of, uh, ping from your transducer. That's a, that's a great way to, to sneak up on fish. But, uh, but like you said, I mean, they're pretty smart and, and they do win. Well, it's it's really hard to put things back in the bottle, you know. Once the genie's out, and uh, I, but I do hear other guys. I mean, just guys that I'm talking to, they're like kind of fighting themselves, you know. They they don't feel great about it, uh, but they feel like they need to use it. It's kind of like me. I mean, I don't feel great about social media a lot, but yet I'm still on it. So, <laughs> right, know? right. You know, it's kind of maybe maybe having a. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe having like a fully automatic machine gun, and then then only using like full auto sometimes. But I don't know. <laughs> I, <laughs> um, you're right. I mean, it's 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 there. There is is definitely a, a line there where you know it, it probably varies to each individual. But as far as what determines fair chase and what doesn't, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, that's something that, that I think each individual has to, has to decide for themselves and they have to, they have to make that decision. Um, you know, and, and it's a very touchy subject. Uh, in fact, our, uh, the, the PMTT, the Professional Musky Tournament Trail, from what I just heard, it, it banned all use of live scope tech, of live forward facing, imagery so the Lawrence Garmin and Hummingbird like live imagery units uh live scope stuff 
and okay. they banned it. So, which I think, I think that when they do do something like that, it definitely centers more currently around skill. You know, you're you're using the anglers, not the anglers' ability to read their electronics, but their ability to interpret external factors outside of that. I, I was and develop a game plan and put that to use. And I and I and I've got. I mean, I've got. I I think that's more of an equal playing field that way. Okay. I told one guy I thought it would be cool to have a tournament where there's no electronics allowed, and he said, that'd be great if you want a tournament where nobody goes. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. So. Uh, but, no, I, I uh, yeah, it's an interesting topic, and obviously, uh, you know, it's only the, – the, the, the technology's only going to get better within two, three years, you know. I mean, it's – Right, right. And it'll be something else we'll have to think about. Right, yeah. Yeah, it is. And I have I have numerous – like panoptics and numerous live scopes on my boat and you know and and i choose to fish it the way that 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 i feel is okay to fish it right so it's it's not necessarily a drive around for eight hours and let's cast it three fish it's you know it's running spots it's finding fish on spots and then casting the entire spot essentially it's is what I do, but you're right. I mean, it's it's an, it's an evolving. It, it's it's evolving, and um, so this year already, there were the uh, LVS 34 was released, which was the the new live scope for freshwater, and um, then they just released like two weeks ago. They they released a 62 XR, which is an extended range live scope, which is you know say a 30 percent larger than the other live scope. Um, so guys are using that fresh water and salt water as well. So it's, I mean, it's there's two live scope transducers from Garmin that were put out in the last four months. So yeah, that's pretty crazy. Hmm. Well, Kevin, before we wrap it up, are you ready for another Fast Five? Let's do it. Fast Five, Five, Five. five. All right, here comes question number one. Given your choice, what is your favorite way to catch muskies? I would say sight fishing fish up in, in shallow structures, so like shallow sand or rock, and you know, sight fishing them and, and bombing casts, pulling off the structure, bombing casts at those fish, uh, fishing fast with bucktails and that type of scenario. All right. Question number two, getting off the fishing uh, topic, what is your favorite pizza topping? Uh, pizza topping. I would say mushrooms. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right, question number three. Pie or cake? Pie, hands down. Oh, that's an easy one. Oh, I me make a killer pie. Really? Cool. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. You name it, she can do it. Like blueberry, apple, strawberry, doesn't matter. She, she can nail it. So you're, you're more a fruit guy pie than a cream pie guy? Definitely. Yeah. Okay. Question number four, back when you were a young lad or even last winter, sitting in front of your TV, favorite TV show of all time? Huh. <laughs> um, you know, I've, I've got it. Uh, okay, so anything like like my wife and I love it, love watching like old house shows. 
not where they totally like gut them and re- rehabilitate them, and, but where they like restore them uh, back to the way that they looked a hundred plus years ago. Oh, uh, cheap, cheap old houses. That's a, a really good one. Okay. So, but yeah. Okay. All right. And finally, question number five. Besides fishing and hunting, what would you say is your favorite sport? I would say, um, <laughs> uh, I would probably say baseball. Okay. You survived another Fast Five. Awesome, Kevin. And Kevin, when uh, when you get back into Minnesota and people are looking to maybe experience musky fishing for the first time or just want that expertise and would like to get out on the water with you, how do they go about doing that? Uh, go to my website, kevincochranguide.com. Call or text 507-456-9023. Kevin, thanks for your time today as always. Thanks, Kev. It's rare to say this, but Kevin Cochran will soon be coming south to catch muskies. That's it for today. I'm Kev Jackson. Thank you for being here. This has been the Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors Podcast. Sponsored by Visit Bemidji and Grand Haven Campground. The Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors Podcast is also sponsored by Bemidji State University and Northwest Technical College. And don't forget, you can listen to Fish and Paul Bunyan Country on KB101 FM and KBUN Sports Radio 104.5 weekdays, as well as Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors Saturday mornings on KBUN Sports Radio 104.5, B93.3 in Brainerd-Baxter, and Kick FM in Alexandria.